I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. How are you? Good, and you? I'm well. Thank you for thank you for joining us again in this rainy Brooklyn day, Um, and Bronx too. Bronx day. I think it's raining up there as well. Does anybody have any questions from last week before we get started? No. Sure. Um, Is Discover a good um, credit to start with? I mean, Discover credit card. Yeah. Um, all cards come with specific promotions and are all really a card is more of a personal choice. So it really depends on what your what your needs are and what your wants are. We're gonna get more into that down the road. But you know, I wouldn't be so um like so allegiant to a brand. I'd more be allegiant to what they are offering for you to get the card, meaning are they offering a zero percent what is the interest rate they're charging? What are some of the ways in which you can, what are some of the things that they're offering with the card? Are they offering like, I think as a young person, are they offering like cash back, meaning that for every every dollar you spend, they give you a percentage back. There's different things that cards offer. And I think that's more tailored to, should be more tailored to your specific wants and needs. And we're gonna go through that later on in the program. But good question nonetheless. Anybody else? Is the video working for me, Larry? I can't see myself, so I don't know if the angle is right or what's happening. Sean, you want to point the camera a little higher to the right? Uh, other right? Other right? For you. Yeah, perfect. Cool. Okay. Um, does anybody um, want, we can go through maybe two goals uh, and then get started into this week. Does anybody want to share their goals so we can, that didn't share last week or that had time to write down their goals? No? Going once, going twice, three times. Okay, so let's get into the slide. So we're on week two of, of Financially Clean, and we're going to get into um, credit, um, which is the first letter in the acronym of CLEAN. So um, next slide, Larry, please. And as we said last week, 
you know, we teach financial literacy so that you can know how to use it and apply it towards your personal life goals and understanding how credit can help you have having good credit and how financial literacy can help you achieve those things. So in everything we talk about and everything we teach moving forward, I want you to really relate it to your life and don't just look at it as definitions and theories, but and, and stuff that we're just trying to teach you, like how you would be teaching math or, or English or grammar or anything like that. But look at it and, and say, okay, how does this apply to my life? How can I make it work for me? What are the questions I need to ask so I can understand? Because everything we explain here applies to your life. Hey, Jeff. Hey, what's going on, Sean? You're 100% so, right. So next slide. Yeah, so in order for you, it's kind of like, I feel like a yoga instructor now. In order for you to really get it, you have to become one within yourself. You have to understand everything that's happening and realize like how you can make this work for you. So let's talk, start with the first thing. Just a raw definition of what credit is. Credit is the ability to obtain, to obtain goods or services before payment based on the trust of the payment we made in the future. Now there's some key words here, okay? It's the ability to receive a service or good before payment is before payment how powerful is that meaning that like for example i just actually for this class i thought i needed to get um i need to upgrade my home pc so i got an apple pc and it's at zero percent interest for 14 months and i make a monthly payment of 108 dollars a month now how powerful is that i'm going to get a 14 dollars equipment to use for and i only have to pay and i have no interest on it and I only have to make monthly installment payments of $108 for the next 12 months. So I have full reign access to this Apple computer because of my good credit and because of my trustworthiness. And I could use this Apple computer now. If I was a student to do my work, if I'm a businessman to complete my work tasks, to use it to make money, generate income so that in my head, you know, if I make $108 a month in revenue from this computer, everything above that is a bonus and the computer pays for itself. And I'm not using, I'm using, you know, the extended credit that Apple gave me. Now think of that on, on multiple levels. Think of that if you're owning a business, if you're able to buy, if you're able to get your goods that you're wanting to sell, if you're selling baseball hats and the vendor says, you know what, because you have shown good business with me, you've always made payments on time, you've done well, I'm going to give you a hundred hats to sell and you don't need to pay me till 60 days out. How powerful is that? And that's the ability of credit. If you maintain good credit, it's really a loan that can be as low, a little as 30 days to even go out as 18 months, 24 months before you have to make any sub type of substantial payment towards that, towards, that, um, towards that loan. And if used right, and this is what we have to understand in our community, like if we use credit in the way it's supposed to be used to leverage, to uplift ourselves, to better ourselves, to move forward, then we can, we'll take full advantage of credit. And it gets into the game of using other people's money to make money. Does everybody understand that? Did I go too fast? Am I clear? Because I, you really have to capture this concept. Because a lot of times what people teach us about credit, oh, it's used to go to Macy's. Sorry, or that may be a little dated. I sound like a boomer. Or it's used to go to uh, Zara. Or it's used to go to buy online and shop at buy the latest sneakers, buy the latest clothes, and then we just have to pay it or we missed the payment or we pay the interest. No, if you really want to use credit to uplift yourself, you have to understand of it what the tool should be used for. The ability to get goods or services without having to pay anything upfront. Yeah, John, another, another way of saying it would be to spend tomorrow's, tomorrow's money today 
and the, the cards and loans for the consumer is banking on you utilizing it for trinkets and shiny objects or fashionable names. We're in here at this class, we're gonna hopefully give you the discipline and teach you how to utilize it to your advantage and a business sense. And now the second half of what the definition is, is, is just as important as the first, which is trust the payment we made in the future. So this individual, this company is giving you product or giving you service X, Y, Z, and the trust that you're going to pay them back. Not, it's not a gift. And that's what people think with credit too. It's not something they're giving to you and the trust that you're going to adhere to the terms of the agreement that, the, that you both agreed on. And once you continue to do that, what happens is people will see that and we'll talk about how they will see it, that you are one person that's trustworthy, trustworthy sorry, and is paying credit back on time, getting money, is getting service and continue to make good payments and people will continue to lend you more money, give you more money, have trust in you, have belief in you, allow you to, and that will help you grow. Hands up if you understand what I'm saying. Does everybody understand? Okay, Joanne says yes. Yep. I'm only seeing one hand. Only one hand understood because I'll go back to it if you didn't understand it. Because this is the critical part that you have to understand as young, old people, and whatever age you may be, that this is like the cornerstone of financial literacy and, and accelerating. Ramel, thank you. Okay, let me move forward. Credit is usually extended in two forms, all right? Two basic forms, a loan or a credit card. And loans can come in many ways. A mortgage is nothing more than a loan. <clears throat> Your student loan, hence the term, is a loan. Um, a personal loan from the bank is a loan. Somebody giving you, you know, Apple gave me a loan to get my computer, all right? And those usually come with fixed agreed upon payments. Every month you pay this fixed amount for a certain period of time, all right? And the second is what we call credit cards. And credit cards is called, there's closed, there's, a, there's closed loans and there's open loans. So credit card, the, the personal loans, the mortgages are considered like a closed loan because it's a fixed amount that you're paying every month. Open loans are where they can vary every month. The pay, you can owe a dollar this month, $100 next month, $200 next month and so forth and so forth. And those are called open because they'll extend you a certain balance, which we call a credit limit. And within that, you're allowed to spend within that limit. All right. And those are called credit cards. And a lot of us have been taught, you know, a credit card is just to buy stuff, go to restaurants, have buy stuff for, go on trips with it, have fancy, you know, buy expensive items and then don't worry about it. If a credit card is used correctly, it's a powerful tool, once again, because at bare minimum, every credit card gives you 30 days of interest-free, where you don't have to pay anything back. You don't have to give any interest, pay any interest, and interest is very important. It's the cost of doing business, where you don't have to pay any interest if you just pay them back in full in 30 days. And once again, that's considered a short-term but powerful interest-free loan. Are you with me again? Can I get some hands up? No hands up? You guys are lost? They're, they're holding hands up. They're, they're, they're I'm not seeing yes. uh, Okay, wonderful. These are hands in the uh, control bar, but you can also just, you know, tell us in the chat. Yeah, okay. So I'm seeing the hands now. 
so what I just mentioned earlier, it's a revolving or installment loan. That's the same thing as open or closed. Revolving means mean it's ongoing. It changes, it fluctuates every month. Installment means it's a fixed amount. Now here's the wealth mindset. The difference between a wealth mind thinker, a wealth mind minded thinker, and a not so wealth minded thinker, is that you just realize you have this. Your whole world should open up right now by based on what we just talked about, because you have the ability to use other people's money to work for you, and no matter how wealthy you get. You stick with that core principle. You're always looking to leverage your credit, leverage your relationships to grow yourself. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. That's where your mind has to now start thinking. If I'm a painter, if I'm an artist, I have to make sure that people believe in me. People are looking to invest in me and I'm willing to invest in myself. And I'm going to, I'm going to leverage other people's money, credit other resources to grow myself and grow my brand. How much you, how much you borrow depends on your likelihood to pay back. So it's very simple. If we have, how many people we have? We have 40 something people so far, 51 people now on, in this group chat. And now if I borrowed $10 from all 51 people, you guys collectively, I said, as cash at me $10 and I'll pay everybody back before the next class. The next class comes and I pay none of you guys back the $10 that I asked to borrow. How much trust would you have in me? How much trust would you believe in what I'm teaching today? Would I be credit worthy that I could ask then the, fo the following class, can I borrow $20 now? But don't worry, I, I know I owe you the 10, but I'm gonna give you the 20 and the 10 back the following class. Would you believe me? Would you have doubt? And then if that class came and I said, you know what? I don't have the 20. I don't have the 10, but let me 50 now. And I'm going to give you all back at the end of the program. What would the likelihood that I would be collecting that money back? That you would be lending me that money? And the same thing applies with company of credit. People will be like, Sean, I didn't get approved for the loan. What's your credit? Well, you know, I had this loan. It's not my fault. I had this going on. I had that going on. I missed a couple of payments. I missed some payments on my student, but I had some family crisis. I had this happening. Creditors and lenders don't care about that. You know, I, I always say, don't make my problem, don't make your problem my problem. All they want to know is, are you meeting your commitment with us? At bare minimum, are you making a minimum payment? Because if you're not, then the likelihood of them wanting to do business again with you, it will be slim. And if they do want to do business again, here's what the scenario they will do. So for example, if I said to you guys, I want to borrow $10 this week and I, don't, and I pay back maybe half of you and I don't pay the other half back. I, you guys could then say, well, you know what? Since half the people got paid back and I didn't get paid back, next week I want you to give me $11. And most likely I'll be in a vulnerable position. I'll be like, okay, I have to give you 11 And some people may say, you know what? I want you to give me $15 back or I want you to give me $20 back. And we call that interest because you have shown that you're not credit worthy. So we have to make sure that we add something on in which we call it to hedge ourselves, to reduce the risk. So we get something, a bonus on top of that. Because you're showing that your pattern suggests that you're not going to make payments on time. And those, so, and it, that's how credit works kind of in America. Like everybody can extend and get credit, but it's a matter of what term you're going to get. And the term is based on how well are you, how well are you meeting the terms of the agreement that we put together? If you're meeting them and you're compliant to them and you're paying things on time, you'll get better and better deals. But if you're somebody that's shady and you're paying here, you're paying there and you're giving excuses, then you may still get the loan. You may still get the credit extended, but it's going to cost you a lot more. And, and Sean, if, if I could, if I could mention, whoops, sorry, please, something really quickly. 
I feel like there's a lot of uh, negative perception in the world where, you know, let's say using your example of I'm going to apply for a loan, but I have all these other obligations that I didn't pay back in the past. And oftentimes I hear a lot of people say, um, how could you do this? You know, these guys are just out to make money. Like, aren't they, don't they have any sort of humanity? Well, the, the function of a bank, the function of a lender is to make money. Yes. But for them, two things, one, you know, their, uh, their goal is to figure out the risk of lending you money. Right. And if you're, if your profile, as Sean said, doesn't shake out, if you don't have that credit worthiness, I mean, they've got a living to, and they have to make money. And honestly, a lot of the margins that banks make these days are very thin or in the sort of single digits. So you know, they don't have a lot of room just to give money away. Secondly, they have more incentive um, as a lender to keep you on board. You know, they don't, they're, they're not trying to put you guys in debt and keep you bankrupt. Now, let's not get into the moral debates because there's a gray area there. But generally speaking, they make more money if they have you on longer term rather than, you know, just encouraging you to pile on a ton of debt, you go bankrupt and then losing you as a customer. Correct. Let's go to the next slide. Okay. Everything's based on trust is, is really the point I'm trying to So make. now the question becomes, where do they find out this information from? How do they know who has good credit, who has bad credit and how are they going to know if I'm somebody that they should lend to or not lend to? Well, there are what we call credit bureaus. And their job is not to say what's right or what's wrong. They're just, they just collect information. They're just gathering information. And this information comes from a multiple of different streams. Every, basically, everything that is tied to your... Every time you give somebody your tax ID, your social security number, it's a potential could affect your credit report it will become onto your credit report right does everybody understand that so there are three boroughs that independently they don't work together it's like mcdonald's wendy's and burger king fast food restaurants but three separate businesses they are equifax transunion and experian and all lending institutions if you become a, in which a lending institution means if you're a bank your um your credit card agency your car dealership, you are mandated and required by law to report all the transactions to these credit bureaus, right? So these bureaus just gather the information and it's all based, if you don't put your tax ID down, then like I had a um, one of my um, employees from years ago, I, she had a corporate card, I gave her to run the business. And uh, you basically to get somebody a corporate credit card, you just give the bank the name that you don't get their personal they don't ask for their personal tax ID or anything like that because everything is determined by me, the business owner, um, what they're spending going to do. And if they don't make their payment, it, it falls back on me, basically. So they call me out of the blue like 10 years ago, probably, and was complaining that their credit went down because of the corporate credit card that, I, that they had when it worked for me, which made absolutely no sense because we never gave her tax ID to get the card. It was an extension of the business. So I had to explain to her how it works. So to explain to you once again, if you co-sign something for your friend, for your parents, for a lease, for a property, there's a potential that if they don't make payment, it would go onto your credit report. So once again, one very important note, anytime you give out your tax ID for whatever reason, there's a potential that it would affect your credit score or your credit, it would be reported to your credit 
report. Does everybody understand? Yes. Okay. Very important because you are going to get asked down the road in life. And believe it or not, how I even thought of getting this Apple computer that I ordered yesterday, because my friend that lives in Barbados saw this same promotion. He was like, hey, Sean, can you get me the app, the new Apple phone 12? And there's a promotion where you can just give them a monthly payment of $50 and I'll give you $60 a month and you get the phone for me. And guess what do you think I said? Did I say yes or did I say no? He's gonna, I'm going to make $10 every month. All I'm going to do is put the, order the phone for him and let them run my credit. Did you think, what do you think I said? Yes or no? How many no. say yes? yes? No. No. Say yes. How many? Say yes. Any more no's? Any more yeses? No. Yes. Yes. No. 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 Okay. So I think, Larry, we have more no's and yeses. I think we got, we got a couple of yeses and a lot of no's. Okay. Well, the no's win. I said no. Well, I didn't, to be honest with you, sometimes I don't even reply. I didn't even reply. He sent me the message. I didn't reply. And my answer is, is a firm no. Because if he decides not to make that payment for the 12 months period, I'm left to pay it. He has no obligation. He doesn't have to pay it. And it affects me. It would, I wouldn't have been able to apply, get the loan for the computer that I got. <laughs> so it would have prevented me from getting any further type of business with Apple during that period of time. And if he would already had the phone, because he wants the phone right away, as soon as the phone comes, send him the phone, he'll make me, he'll pay $60 a month. So he already has the phone. And if he forgets to make a payment or if he, if he pays, if he decides to pay me late, I still got to go make the payment. I still, it's my responsibility. And I don't extend my credit like that to nobody. And neither should you, especially when you're young. When you're young, people are going to come at you because they know you have limited credit. And you may get approved before somebody that has bad credit. But there's a, there's a secret note. If somebody continues to have bad credit, then if they're not being responsible, I don't think you should take that responsibility for them. And, you know, and sad to say, it may come in the forms of close friends, like my close friend, family members that you've known your whole life, parents, unfortunately. And you have to make that decision, you know, what's the exposure? Even though it was $60 a month, that was just too much exposure. And I, he's all the way in Barbados. So him paying this money to me, like he said he was going to pay, dude, he's not obligated. And I don't like to run people down. So the no's win it. I said no. And, and Sean, I'll, you know, going back to what I said earlier, I explained, I explained the context of a bank making a loan, right? This is basically Sean making a loan. So I think it, it, it's a lot clearer when you have a friend that's asking for something, you're basically acting as a lender, right? Like, I don't think yeah. I blame Sean for saying no. But he probably doesn't even think of it as a loan. He probably just thinks of him like most of you guys may get corn, like you're doing me a favor and I don't understand why you're not doing this for me. Why can't you do this for me? It's only $60. I know I'm going to pay you back. Why? I don't understand. Why? You don't think I'm going to pay? That's where you'll get cornered. But like Larry said, it's a loan. I am the lender. He's asking me for a loan. And it's at the end of the day, if he doesn't pay, it becomes my responsibility or not my credit. My re relationship with Apple is ruined. Make sense? Yes. 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 Okay, cool. So let's go on to the credit score. So your credit report, which we're going to go into specifics um, further and later on in the class, it can be pages, depending on how much credit history you have, how many credit cards you have, even mortgage, auto loan. It, I've seen credit reports up to 100 pages. It could be in the 20s and the 50s. And, and, and in America in general, we like things quick. We like results quick. And nobody have time sometimes to read through 20, 40, 60 pages of a credit report to determine whether somebody is credit worthy enough to get this loan or so forth. So what this 
what this what this company did or these gentlemen did it's called fair fico score which is by fair isaac and company it was founded in 1958 and it's by two gentlemen with last name fair and isaac that developed a scoring algorithm so it took in all the information that the credit bureaus uh, provided and it calculated and spun out a score so that you can get a quick hit of somebody's credit history by knowing what their credit score is. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So the credit score ranges from 300 to, ta-da, Mr. 850. 300 being on the low end, 850 being on the high end. So when companies now can look at, and even individuals, even me as a landlord, I'm looking at a tenant, I'll look at what is their credit score. And if they have a, a high credit score, not so great, then I can you know, look through the report and see why the score is what it is. But it gives me a quick analysis of what the score is and companies can be very snobbish so like the lady that I asked about earlier about discover card and the reason why I, asked, I, I said I was not really you know I was telling her not to be more focused on the brand but what the card is presenting because discover may have five different types of credit cards and I worked at American Express so what I'm telling you is factual discover may have five different credit credit cards and they may say people with credit scores from 750 to 850 are tier one we're going to give them the best deal, which is minimal interest rate, free trips every year, incredible access to airports, gifts every month, because we really want these people on our books. And why do we want them on our books? Because the likelihood that they're going to pay us on time and they're going to pay what their debt is, they're going to pay their credit card every month is very high because they have a good credit score. And now they may go down to like bottom of the barrel people, people with low credit scores, maybe between the 500 and 600 range mark. They'll say, yeah, yeah, one out of every, two out of every five people in that credit score default and don't pay back. So we have to put in a calculation that will account for those people so the other three people can pick up the slack for the other two people that are not paying. Meaning then we got to charge those people a higher interest rate because they may not pay back in time. We already know that two out of the five aren't going to make payment. We can't give them all these gifts. We can't give them all these terms. We're just going to give them a deal just, and we're going to, we're going to minimize their limits. So whatever, if they default, we're only going to lose $500 on them, maybe a thousand, but while the people with 850 credit score, a great credit score, we'll give them a $10,000 credit line. But the other people that are, have bad credit, $500, no gifts, 29% interest every month. 
So this is ways credit scores are ways for country companies can analyze and say, who are we going to give the best deals to? Who are we just going to exclude? Maybe there's people they, they've made. I know American Express when I worked, we are, they're very they're very notorious for just like if you don't have over a 700 credit score, we don't even want to look at you. We, we, we immediately get cut out. You don't make the cut. So all these great offers you're not even privy to because your credit score is bad. So if you like having a bad credit score or not paying on time, in essence, does you such a disservice. It excludes you from being part of this membership that is like open to so many privileges. Like, for example, I got an offer from American Express just yesterday where they're doing this Zoom class private for platinum Amex members where they're having us one-on-one uh, -on -one with a personal chef during the COVID time to learn how to cook these meals that we'd get at restaurants and certain things. And, you know, I signed up with it for my son and it's free, you know, and, you know, such a great gift. I'm going to have a Zoom call with a chef and he's going to teach me certain things on how to cook. And it's all because of my great credit history and my relationship with American Express. And the card that I have with them is a platinum card. It's more of a travel card. So they acknowledge the fact that I can't be traveling as much during COVID. So let's spice it up and give him something that'll make him feel happy. And I'm like a personal chef calling me, explaining me how to cook certain things. I think it's great. So those are like the benefits of good credit. Any questions? We got, we got two quick questions in the chat and I can go ahead, Larry, you can answer them really quickly. And Sean, if you want to add, or Mr. If you want to add anything, go for it. But one of the questions, it's a good question. What if I don't have a credit score, you know, cause I don't have credit. Um, well, it's never too late is, is really the answer. And I think a lot of people, you know, when you start out, when I started out, uh, in, in college and I, I moved to America from Canada, right? So credit scores don't usually transfer between countries. So I came to America and I didn't have anything when I started college and, uh, a lot of things you can do a couple things, you know, obviously you get a bank account and once you have a bank account, right, you can get a secured card and a, what a secured card is, is basically a card that is secured, like has security by the deposits that you have with that bank. So if you don't pay, they take it out of your, your bank account, right? So for, for them, it's sort of like a risk-free way. It's like, okay, we'll extend you spending power, but if you go above this limit or you don't pay it back, we're going to draw it out of your bank account, right? So that's a good way for you to start out. Other cards, um, I would say, you know, as Sean said, there are tiers. And so in the beginning, you know, you might have to sign up for a lower tier card that has fewer benefits. But the benefit of that is oftentimes lower tier cards don't have fees. So you might get a worse deal, but it's easier to get those cards. And over time, you will, you know, you'll build up that credit. And it, it honestly doesn't take that long. Um, another question is... Yeah, and just to add what Larry's, Larry's saying... And the earlier you establish credit, the, it's called credit history, the better off you'll be down the road. And like Larry said, you, there's, you can always get a minimal balance card. And if you don't even get one, you can get a card where um, you can put $100 up front and it's a secured credit card, meaning that you put the money up front and you use it as a credit card. And it's kind of like, you know, my son is in, uh, on a walker. It's kind of like training wheels, you know, a walker to get an actual credit card. So you, everybody on this call can get a secured credit card, even if they don't, and meaning that you can put $100 up on the card and you spend 100 and you put 100 up, you spend 100 you probably do that for a few months and they see that you're making back the payments on time, then they'll expend you an unsecured credit, which is like a normal credit card where then now you'll probably still partially start you off at a minimum of $500 and see how well you pay that off every month. And uh, another sort of corollary question, someone said, what if you have student loans, right? Well, loans is a form of credit, right? Anyone that's giving you money 
is a form of credit. So having your student loan, and if you can pay off your student loan, or you can at least make the interest payments or the minimum payment, um, anything that you can do will help your credit, right? Um, and I think the last question I'll say is people asked about offers. Not all offers are bad. You know, I think Sean and I will acknowledge and probably Mr. 50 as well acknowledge that we take advantage of offers when we can. Again, the decision's up to you, right? If a credit card goes, sign up for a credit card, we've got a $500 fee, but we'll give you a 100,000 air miles, right? Up front. That sounds great, but if you can't afford the $500 fee, it's going to hit you in the long term. So we'll, we'll get into more of that in, in the next class, but it's a decision you got to weigh. Not all offers are bad, but yes, like they're designed to make you want to sign up. Correct. Go for it, Sean. All right. Let's go to the next slide. The factors that determining a credit score. These and so Fair Isaac, the credit score that we talked about, which ranged from 300 to 850, it's like, you know, I make the simple comparison. It's like the secret sauce of the Big Mac or how to make that um, KFC chicken. We've all tried to make KFC chicken on for, at home and we never get it right. Close, but it's never the same thing. It's the original recipe that we don't know. So Fair Isaac, they're a publicly traded company, meaning that they're on the, they're on the New York Stock Exchange. They're a for-profit company. They, they're, they give the score to make money. They sell the score to banks. Every time a bank or me as an, a landlord, we ask somebody for their credit score, Fair Isaac charges for that score. That's how they make money. And they do not give out the formula and how they calculate that score because if they did, then everybody else would be doing it and they would have no purpose. So they sell that. These bureaus, if we explain it to Experian, Equifax, Equifax, TransUnion, collect the data. Fair, FICO score takes the data and determines a score from it. Once again, all different companies working independently, all right? But Fair Isaac kind of supports them by giving them the summation of their scores for each bureau. Did I, does that make sense or am I going too fast? Yeah. Can you explain that again? Makes sense. Okay, so F Fair Isaac Credit Score is an independent co company. Call, let's call Fair Isaac um, the potato company that makes the French fries for both McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King. They probably buy their potatoes from the same guy, but they make their own independent fries. Does that make sense? Yes. Right. So this fair and fair Isaac sells them the potatoes, sells them the credit score. And then they, then the bureaus Experian, Equifax and TransUnion, their competitors against each other, then pass those scores on to people like you and I, banks, lending institutions, whoever. Make sense? Makes sense. Cool. So when you meet, and the reason why this is important. So when you meet somebody and you will meet these people that say, Oh, you know, I can tell you, what will make your credit score go up by 30 points? What will make it go? And if you do this, it'll go down by 80 points. You need to run hard from those people because nobody can tell you the exact amount your score will go up or down if you do certain things. But they will. But what they can tell you is things that will affect your credit score in a positive way and things that will affect your credit score in a negative way. But how much and how little, nobody knows because that would be giving out the secret recipe that Fair Isaac protects because that's how they make money. Understand? Understood? Yeah. And there's a lot of, 
yes, yes, I want, Mr. I want to add that, um, for example, I have a FICO score of 850, but my Experian uh, score is 830, and I can't, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't moved past 830. Um, and, and so that's based on the Advantage score. So, but the one that concerns me the most is the FICO score. So my FICO score remained at 850, but as he said, each one has a different uh, algorithm to add up your score. And there are certain things that determine how that score will move up or down. And I've not done pretty much anything different to cause my score to be lower for the Experian, but it hasn't budged for a full year past 830 and fluctuates maybe down five points, you know, between 825 and 830. But, you know, that's just the way that that algorithm works. And that's just a perfect example. Like Jeff is doing everything within his control and understanding that he doesn't know fully the algorithm to get one from 830 to 850. And and that's the whole point of what I'm saying, because there's people that are going to prey on you in life that are going to be telling you, like, we can credit repair people. And this and part of this program is to determine, to let you know how you can fix your credit yourself. So credit repair people are going to come to you and tell you what they can do and how they can do it when you can really do it yourself. Because all they're doing is you cannot fix, and we're going to get more into this in the credit report, you cannot fix a negative thing on your credit report that is true. And you cannot change, sorry, you cannot change a negative thing on your credit report that is true. But you can change a negative thing on your credit report that is false, meaning that something appeared on your credit report that isn't yours. How you can better a negative thing on your credit report is by practicing good habits moving forward. Because it's your report card. Like, you know, in your first semester of college, if you got an F in physics in your freshman year, the F still shows in your senior year, although maybe you're getting A's now in physics. It'll still be there, but it may not weigh as much because you can say, well, look, yeah, my freshman year I was getting an F, but look, in my senior year now, I'm getting all A's in physics. Make sense? Yeah, and Sean, if, they inc- if they're going to get their cards now, they can get, let's say, if they get three cards, maybe four cards now, they get their inquiries done with, um, and inquiries only show up as hard inquiries when you pursue the card. But if the if the card company pursues you in terms of sending you a solicitation in the mail, many of those are soft inquiries and don't show up on your credit score. So exactly. we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but exactly to Jeff's point, and we're going to get there at the end of this slide. Yeah, and and I'll say one thing really quickly because we got a bunch of questions that are popping up on the chat. We, we don't have time to answer every single one uh, or just be a Q&A, but all I'm going to say is if it's a lot of them are related to credit and sort of what goes into your score and you know what happens if XYZ happens. You, I find that, I don't know if you guys use, but a lot of those services, banks have started doing it, but things like Credit Karma, those services are completely free. You sign up uh, and yes, like you provide your information if you're comfortable with the security there, but you know, it's a very reputable organization in my opinion that a lot of people use. And you can see an estimate of your credit score and you can see an estimate of the factors that these factors that you're seeing right now that affect your credit score, right? So you can see specifically why, you know, it went down this month or why it's 
lower than what you expected and this will suggest steps you can take to fix it. So if there's specific questions, I would defer actually to those services, whether it's a bank or whether it's one of these third party services um, to answer those specific questions. Correct. So let's, let's talk about what you have in, with what you have within your control when determining when and making sure you have a favorable credit score. Okay. These are things you have within your control. These are things that you should be focused on your payment history. How well do you pay on time? And now with some, with credit cards, especially you give, you're given options. You can pay a minimum payment. You can pay above the minimum minimum, or you can pay in full. I suggest, I strongly suggest to only to pay in full every month, spend what you can afford to pay back month to month, you know, or if you can't I pay above the minimum, because the word I love to use throughout the program, you hear me say a lot is desperation. If you're just making minimum payments or making no payments, you're looking desperate to the banks and they're looking, they're getting very nervous about you. Like, Oh God, Oh my God. Well, should we lend this person more money? What should we do? They're only making minimum payments. All right. So people discuss, you know, when you know, a lot of us in our community always talk about like ways in which to fix and, you know, what if this, what if that scenario, like if you focus, focus on what's within your control, you don't, all those questions go away. So the most important thing is to pay on time and pay what you can and only spend what you can afford. Now, the other thing that amounts owed, which I just got into, it's called credit utilization rate. And the 30% means that if you if the bank gives you a loan and says, we'll give you a credit card with a $100 balance, and you're only using every month $30 of that, $20, $30 to the bank, that looks great because it tells the bank like, oh, you don't even, you're not even using all the credit that we're giving you and you're paying it off comfortably to show that you're a, a reliable client. You're not somebody that spends over their limits and you're, there's somebody that they can trust. Now that utilization, the utilization rate goes up to like 95, meaning that we give you hundred dollars and every month your balance is at $95, $98, $99. That shows you're just to the bank. It shows once again, they're getting kind of nervous. It shows some form of desperation that you're maxing out the cards. And, you know, we're here a lot in our community. Oh, my cards are maxed out. I can't do anything. I got maxed out cards. Like it's an okay thing. It's a wrong thing to max out credit cards. It's something that you need to distill from your mind because it actually works against you. And it looks once again, that they're not going to extend. Why would I extend, give somebody further credit where they're already maxing out the credit that we can, that we've given to them. So um, length of credit history. This is something that, you know, like I mentioned, the earlier you start with your credit, and this is back to the person that said, do I, what if we have no credit? Then you need to establish credit. And it could be as small as a secured $100, $200 credit card to working your way up to a $500 credit card to your student loans, like Larry mentioned. And it's making those payments back to what I said on time and when, when they're due and not overextending yourself. Because the longer history you have, the better you're going to look. The, the banks are looking at how risky are you. And if you can, if you can show five years, two years, 10 years of credit history makes them feel, okay, this person is someone that we can work with. No credit doesn't mean good credit. And that's a misconception that I had when I had no credit. I'd be like, well, I've never done anything wrong. No credit does not mean good credit. No credit means that you're just as uncertain as the person that has bad credit because they know nothing about you. They don't know your history. It's like letting you, it's like getting into college without sending any transcripts. <laughs> We don't know how well you're going to perform in, perform in these courses unless we see your transcript and a history of how well you learn. So you, it's establishing credit, once again, is very important. Credit mixed. Um, what that means is that, 
and I have to always do this myself that you have an assortment of different types of credit because to the bank, it looks like, okay, you had credit cards, you paid those on time. You had student loans, you made those on time. You had a mortgage, you paid that on time. You had loans, auto loans, you paid those well. It shows that you can handle different forms of credit. And I myself, I'm more in the credit cards and mortgages. And, you know, so I have to, it'll, sometimes that'll pop up my credit card, not, not enough mixes. They want me to show more type of credit mixes to, to push my score where Mr. 850s is. So my score always hovers around like between 790 and 810, somewhere around there. Okay, so now recent inquiries. This is what Jeff was mentioning earlier, hard inquiries and soft inquiries. I don't know if any of you are old enough or any of you have gotten like credit card offers in the mail. Yes, or just credit offers in the mail. Anybody's okay. ever gotten them before? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Those are called soft inquiries, meaning that you didn't initiate that because they, most credit card offers that you got are, they're running your credit score on the back end. So once again, credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, Fair Isaac, they send credit reports of millions of people's credit scores that banks and lending institutions buy when they want to do promotions. A bank may be like, a car dealership may be like, in, in Brooklyn, in Flatbush, Brooklyn, we want to send out car offers, loan offers, auto loan offers to people with 700 credit scores and above. And how they get this information, they'll buy it from the boroughs. That's why the boroughs, credit boroughs is a business. That's why Fair Isaac is a business. So they'll send them a data sheet of all the people in zip code 11238 that have credit scores above 700. And then what the company, the auto loan company will do, when you see a new auto loan company open up in your neighborhood, sometimes you're surprised you get something in the mail or you get a now, you'll probably get a, an email or something like that. So what does that mean is that they bought a report that shows all the people with X amount of, with X credit score that they would do business with and lend money to and, lend, and give them a car loan to. So then what happens is that when they pull that information, it's called a soft inquiry because you had nothing to do with it. It was happening on the back end. It was them asking for a collection of different people based on different scores. And that does not affect your credit score. Does everybody understand? Sorry, I keep yeah. asking it just because more in live classes, I can see people's reactions and facial reactions without understanding, but now I'm just looking at the screen. So I just want to make sure that you guys understand what a soft inquiry is. Everybody understands? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Cool. Hard yes. inquiry. Hard inquiry is this is what people always ask me, you know, if they run my credit report, is that gonna help my is that gonna hurt my credit score? So hard inquiry means now that you yourself had, has initiated an inquiry into your credit, meaning that you applied for a student loan, you applied for a credit card, you applied for a mortgage, you initiated the inquiry for somebody to check your credit report. You're applying for an apartment. Okay, those things are called hard inquiries. Now, do I encourage them or discouraging them? I mean, they're part of doing business. I say you manage it as best as you can. And like one thing I told one of my friends of mine that was looking to buy a property and she was like, you know, I'm looking at a multiple banks, how should I do it? And I always tell them my report card. Like I'll tell the bank before they run my credit. I have, here's my credit score. Here's what it is. Based on that, what kind of deal are you going to give me? When I apply for auto loan, here's my, my credit scores. And then ask them, what would the deal be, be based on my credit score? And some of them want to run your credit first because they want to get you, they want to buy you into them. They want to make you like somewhat committed to doing the deal. And you just have to push back and resist a little until you get all the deals on the table. 
And once you get all the deals on the table and you say, okay, deal number one from, from auto loan or bank A is the best one that I like, then you tell bank A to run your credit. So instead of five, seven different people running your credit, it'll only be one person running your credit. So you kind of have to manage how many people run it. Because the more people that run your credit, especially during a specific period of time, to the bank, to the creditors, to your score, it looks, again, back to my favorite word, it looks like a form of desperation, that you're running around from place to place looking for somebody to approve you. And that brings down your score. Do I know how much? No. But I do know it's a negative effect on your credit score. But myself included, I have to let people run hard inquiries on my credit if I want to obtain loans, I want to obtain mortgage, I want to further myself, but I have to just manage it correctly. And, and you can see on the, uh, on the little image on the side, on the right side, right? It's, we don't know exactly what it is, but we know it's a very small part. It's about 10%. The fact is about 10% of your total credit score, both hard and soft inquiries. We have right. a couple questions of like how these hard inquiries go away. So they, again, like all answers that we've given today, it goes away with time. Um, the soft ones don't, uh, may not appear. The hard ones may stay on your, you know, account for two, three, maybe more years. But like, again, those services, like the credit karma ones, if you go on there, they'll tell you, oh, this inquiry will go off your books by October, 2022, like something like that. And then, so you'll know, right. And so you can space them out appropriately. So you don't have like five or six hanging out at the same time. Exactly. And look who it's brought to you by the chart is FICO score. So FICO puts this out there. And once again, they just give you suggestions of the percentage. They don't tell the exact amount. And they're, they're the ones that created this score. And they're not telling you because once again, it's proprietary. If they tell you, then everybody's going to know the secret sauce to their formula. So they're just giving you a high end percentage of how much it's affected by not doing these, by what makes up your credit score. So 35% of your credit score is determined by how well you pay on time. The other 30% is by utilization rate that we talked about. How much do you owe? Are you capped out? Are you maxed out? Another 10%, which is what I get all the time, is my credit mix. Or I have, what kind of loans do I have? Student loans, auto loan, mortgages, credit cards. How well is my mix? Another 15% is your length of history, right? And then the final 10% is your credit, new credit. Next. Okay. How much time do you have left, Larry? We are coming up to the hour, so I think we should wrap up pretty quickly, but this is not, this we can do quickly. Okay. So the difference between credit scores, which we, Larry mentioned earlier, and, and, and actually, sorry, Jeff mentioned, remember TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax are independent, getting different feeds. And sometimes depending on when those, everybody doesn't receive the feed at the same time, like, I don't know, Target to, may send its feed at the beginning of the month. Chase Bank may send it at the middle of the month. Um, Bank of America may send it at the end of the month. Gap may send the feed at the second week of the month. So being that is that when these scores are calculated, they're calculated at different periods. So that's why sometimes there's, you're not going to see like amongst all three bureaus, the exact same score. And sometimes the feeds are not collecting all the data that should be collected in everyone. So you may see scores that are not aligned from the three different bureaus. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. It just doesn't mean that they're not on all on the same real time. So you just have to be mindful if there's a huge disparity, for example, if the where it said 717, if TransUnion said 600, and the other one said 6706, 717, you need to pull a TransUnion credit report and find out 
if there's an error in it, if something is wrong with it, and why is this one so much lower than the one um, in the middle? Like even when I pull my credit report, I always like my credit report pulled around the third week of the month because by that time, all my credit card payments are due within the first nine days of every month. And by the 12th, 14th day, it shows like next to a zero balance. So if you pull my, cause I, I pile them up every month, put a lot on and pay them off in full every month. Cause I use them for everything. We'll talk about that later. So if you pull my credit report, say in the third, fourth day of the month, you may say, oh my God, you have so much, all these credit cards have these balances. But then uh, two weeks later, you'll see that they're all at zero. So, you know, you have to kind of know when is the best time to file, to pull your credit report. Or you can even tell the lender, you know, pull it again in a couple of weeks. I'm sure it'll show different. And, um, and it goes on your point, Sean, if, if you see a mistake and mistakes happen, right? They're not perfect. If you see a mistake, if you see something that's missing, if you see something that's wrong, you, as Sean said, get that report, figure out what's wrong and, and literally reach out to them. Like they have options on the website to file a dispute, right? The last thing yeah. is for you to apply to credit card and, you know, you actually have a 717 and people think you have a 600, right? So I've even had situations where I've screwed up, a well, debatable, right? They're gray area situations. You might have situations where, for example, I, I bought a guitar and I use financing on it. But sometimes if someone offers you a loan, they get sold, they get exchanged. So let's say Capital One might sell it to synchrony bank or another bank and when they sell it you may have put in an auto payment online that you know withdraws from your bank account every month to pay it but that might stop when they sell the account because they don't transfer all the information over and it's technically up to you to keep up with that and i didn't read the email and so i started accumulating a bunch of interest and it wasn't a lot but i started accumulating a bunch of interest and how i knew it was because i saw i went on credit karma and I saw my credit score dip a lot in one month. And I said, what's going on? So I go on, I check it, I talk to them, they tell me what's going on. And I said, well, you know, you guys didn't do a good job of notifying me. And as you can see, I've made all my payments before this. You can see that I've got more than enough money to pay it off in full. And I just paid everything off once I saw it, like everything outstanding. I, I was just like, I'm gonna pay it off. And I went back to them, I said, you know, here's the evidence. I'll leave it up to you and they took it off my credit report so it, it, you won't see it if you pull today so things can be done but it's it's on a case-by-case -case basis and and this is back to the earlier point where i mentioned when i said with these care credit bureaus their, their role is just to collect information and not to referee your, your your credit report it's your responsibility to find the errors to find the discrepancies in your credit report not theirs you can, once you provide the supporting evidence to show that this is not right, maybe by a, a statement or some other form, then they will make the adjustment. And this is what I said about people that says they can fix your credit. This is basically what they do. <laughs> they will, on your behalf, file the dispute if there is an error in your credit report and get the change made. And you'll be like, wow, my credit score just shot up. When they have done something, you can literally do yourself. And like I said, they can't make a negative thing that is true go away in your credit report. You can't call one of these boroughs, TransUnion, Experian, Equifax, and say, oh, the payments that I missed back last year was because my grandmother was sick and I had to help her out and I totally forgot I had to make these payments. They're not going to be like, oh, okay, we'll give you a one-time pass and we'll remove them from your credit report. No, because their role is just basically to report the information. And regardless of if it's right or wrong, they're just reporting it. And it's for you to pull your credit report. And like Larry says, actually the U.S. government passed a law about 10 years ago, which allows you to pull your credit report for free. 
It's called freecreditreport.com once a year and see and review your credit report to make sure everything is accurate. So once a year, just to clarify, you can pull it for free from each one of the bureaus once Correct. a year. Correct. Technically. Correct. You want to go to the next slide or we, we can save that for next week? We, we might we might want to save the next slide because this is sort yeah, of... Yeah, it's going, yeah, we'll, we'll save that for next week. We All right, let's just wrap it up towards the end. It goes. So once again, whew, time always flies by show of hands or comments. What do you guys think? Did you like it? Is there anything else that we didn't cover? Was it, we did I go too fast? Just kind of your feedback so we can perform better for class three. I have a question. Sure. So the FICO score is the actual credit score? Correct. Summation of your credit report. Okay. Gotcha. Driven from the credit reports, either from Experian, Equifax, or TransUnion. Okay, great. Thank you. No problem. Anybody else? You got a lot of good stuff, and, and thank you, uh, Sean, on the yeah. chat. Oh, uh, I'm, thank you all for listening and, and bearing with me every week for the for the hour to 45 minutes. I feel like I'm rambling a lot, so that's why I just need clarification that I'm not rambling. I just want to make one quick point, Sean. Um, yes, sir. Everyone that's listening to this class, please take everything we're saying very seriously because this does take discipline. This takes this does take work. And if you are in your 20s, you are far ahead than we were at your age. Trust me. And you'll see a great difference in your score just in a matter of a, a short time. And I'm saying maybe two to three years, you'll be over 700, which would put you in an excellent range. Yeah, and I hope you're personalizing this information. You're really trying to not just look, learn definitions and terms and understand names of bureaus, but you're thinking about it in your life, what you need to do and how you need to do, regardless of what you need to do, apply this to what you're doing. So I really hope you're, you're taking this in and you're internalizing and you're realizing, how can I make this information work for me? And if, if just to wrap things up, if any of you guys have any more questions, I mean, feel free to ask them in the next class, but you see it here, we have our social media links. Um, feel free to post questions there. Feel free to send us a message directly. Um, we will try our best to reply to everything. Um, you can listen to our podcast, which is gonna have more detail. We can't cover everything in 45 minutes, right? So um, just keep tabs on us and, and stay along for the next couple of weeks and we'll, we'll try to answer as many as we can. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.